Fire and Dice D&D Podcast. That is what we are called. <laughs> this is the next episode. Shoot. Been, been telling everyone to listen to Dice and Fire this whole time. What a bad Dyer intro. This is a We're bad not the intro. Dice Girls anymore? This is bad. Tommy, this is called trying new this things. This is bad. It makes me mad. Fire and Dice, the name of our podcast. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. My name is Brad Hamilton. I am your dungeon master and host. All right. Uh, joined with me today is Tommy Johnson from Chicago. Woohoo! That's me. I am a goblin rogue and uh, arcane trickster rogue, actually. Named Exioc. There you go. Word on the street is he likes to party. <laughs> and I like to party. We have Matt Wolf from Seattle. That's me. I, I uh, made a new character over the break. <laughs> um, I'm going to be playing uh, Bing Bong, the uh, Sorcerer Dragonborn. Does that sound good? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, expect Hirok to be dead at the beginning of this episode. Well, that, I just got all sad. And, of course, last but not least, we have the second character of Jeffrey Leadham. <laughs> yep. From Chicago, it's your boy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here playing uh, Marcus with his trusty uh, mechanical cat at the moment, uh, Toby. Uh, Indeed. Yeah. And I, uh, I also like to party. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. Oh, man. All right. Do we start with some... uh, Are we going to start with some uh, wind? Some Some sand noises? It's amazing what I can do in post. Ready? Watch this. Okay, that was funny. Whoa, wasn't that so That really sounds like wind. Dang, David, I'm so bad at you. Holy moly. (laughs) Yeah, so... Brad, why was there a duck in that wind? (laughs) Guys. (laughs) I heard it. Uh... (laughs) Folks, if you want to start a podcast, make you make sure that you choose the right people. Um, <laughs> hey, this is what you get for starting 10 minutes late. You get a little punishment. Just a little one. That, just a tiny bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that I'll give it back tenfold at the beginning of this episode. Oh, I know. Oh, snap. Yeah, that's we just have to get in what we can now because I'm not I'm not looking forward to not being able to see very well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, last we left off, our a uh, valiant uh, group of people that are not necessarily heroes uh, made their way out of Destune finally. They started heading north towards the gr- mountains, the Unkspire, the Dragon Spine, in order to accomplish various different plot threads that they're all following for their own personal gains and purposes. And no one one of them may just be trying to get over the mountains. In the meantime, you guys felt like you might have some people hot on your trail, but also wanted to get to the mountains as fast as possible. And so uh, along with your guide, Mel Stoney, uh, who you convinced to come with you uh, rather successfully. Yes. We're, we're able to make it to the edge of the Great Bull uh, in the center of the Arrogat Desert that stretches on for miles in every direction and leads downwards into a crater of sorts. Mel Stoney wasn't too keen on going inside, but felt confident enough to lead you through it. You guys started walking down the slope and made your way inside of the giant cloud of dust. Uh, You trekked on for, you're not quite sure how long, felt like about a day. And as the sun was going down, Mel Stoney put up his hand, uh, as he's done before, when he senses something that's amiss. 
and looking around, uh, I believe it was Exioc that first spotted it, Mm -hmm. two glowing yellow eyes, almost like slits within the sand, nothing else. And that is where we left off. All right. I I unsheath my knife, peering into the the difficult-to-see sand. I say, someone's here. You see Melstoney also go for his scimitar and uh, pull it out, and he says, I do not like this. I do not know what that is. As he's fumbling about his words, the eyes get larger, and it looks like they get closer. Around you, you feel your face start to hurt as pellets of sand start darting at it from all directions as the wind picks up around you. You guys see materializing in somewhat of a corporeal form, a arm that is comprised of sand that sticks out a leg that uh, takes a step towards you. Another leg that takes a step towards you. The legs come and form together in a twist of a tornado as a giant sand elemental bears down on you. I need you guys to roll initiative. Hey, Hey, that is my best initiative roll. I think I've ever done. That's a nat 20. 24 total. Oh, nice. Here, I got a 17. I also got a 17. Which is kind of a bummer. I'm probably not going to be able to sneak attack. When we tie initiative, doesn't it? It's whoever usually has the higher decks. So I think you do. It's up to Yeah. You guys can decide on your own how you want to do it. All right. I'm going to roll in for Melstoni. Natural 20 for Melstoni. Yeah. Melstoni's going to carry us. What's the Kamel roll? Oh, you want the combos rolling in? No, actually, because that means they have to take damage, too. (laughs) (laughs) True. I mean, we'll see how this goes. First up, believe it or not, is Exioc. I am just going to throw my dagger at it. My my enchanted dagger. Oh, yeah, the one one that returns? Yeah. 22. Uh, 20... 22 hits. Go ahead and roll some damage. Would I get any sneak attack damage? Oh, dungeon master. You will not. Well, that's going to be a six damage. All right. And then I will take a step towards uh, the left. Kind of as I'm throwing it, I'll like throw my dagger as I step uh, as if to flank it. So I don't get any closer, but kind of move in around an arc. So I'm on its side now. So putting some distance between you yeah. and your friends. We are gotcha. still tied together. Mm-hmm. but And I yeah, see no reason right. to untie at this point. Although if this thing is... How big is this thing? It's hard to tell with the sand whipping around as fast as it is. Uh, the eyes seem to be roughly nine feet off the ground. Okay. So big, but not like 18 feet off the ground. Okay. No. Dude, that's like three times my size. Melstoni uh, has unsheathed his scythe, and he is going to run forward and try and attack this thing. Marcus, you feel yourself getting dragged along just a little bit with you being right behind, right? So you see Melstoni run up and actually hits. So he is going to do... All right. You see Melstoni take a giant slash at this thing, and it looks like he's just cutting into the wind. You can't even tell if he made contact or not it's basically like fighting a sandstorm even with your daggers uh you saw that it did a little bit of a ripple and there was a tiny bit of a blue spark uh as your dagger returned to you but you cannot tell how much damage you are doing to this thing great 
that takes us down to the dust elemental. So Uh-oh. you guys see as it keeps coming through, it only is able to be seen really in its form as it moves. Um, the sands shift differently through the sandstorm, giving the illusion that there's an actual sort of body that's taking place there. You see one giant fist, almost like Sandman, uh, materialize and come and take a slam down right on top of Melstoni. And that is going to hit. Uh, Brad is fighting himself. (laughs) Every day of my life. (laughs) You guys see the fist, the sand gathers um, to a point where it looks like a solid brick of sandstone that just comes straight down towards Melstoni's chest and you see him get knocked backwards. Uh, Still is on his footing, but uh, clutching his chest and breathing really heavily. You can't hear it because the wind is so loud in all of your ears. That takes us down to... uh, Oh, sorry. Uh, He gets another attack. (laughs) No! Exioc. Dang it. Natural one. Woohoo! The second brick forms above you and slams down towards your head, but you nimbly duck out of the way in time. I roll. I dive roll. Right. You see that he uses the rest of his movement to move his body into your space, Exioc. I need you to make a strength saving throw. Uh, That is a (laughs) four minus one, three. Exioc, you see the eyes coming towards you and you feel your body start to get lifted off the ground just a little bit. Sand becomes thicker and starts hitting your body all over the place, tearing through your clothes as you just sit there and get pelted by the sand all around you. Am I in the air? Your feet are barely touching the ground. Okay. You are considered grappled and you take 16 points of bludgeoning damage. You what now? 16? 16. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Ah, guys! I can't move! So you are grappled and considered restrained. That takes us to Marcus now. Exiac, actually. Eurek. Oh, okay. I put you guys on the same initiative order. It's your choice of who goes first. Um... You probably want Hirak to go first for inspiration purposes. Porpoises. So, can you describe... Is Exioc in the air? Is he up high? You see he's, like, struggling to stay on the ground. He'll do, like, a little thing where he bends over and tries to grasp at the sand, and his feet get kicked up a little bit. Like, you can see he's basically getting picked up by a tornado and fighting against it. Okay. I want to I wanna hand him something, but I don't think I can do that right now. I'm... Most likely not. Yeah, I don't think that would go over too well. I'm gonna use I'm gonna use dissonant whisper on the Sandman. Ooh, all right. Level one. It's just a higher level bardic mocking voice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a spell though. It's not a cantrip. No. Yeah, it's a spell slot. And I'm gonna say, where do I roll first? No, they. Uh, it's a spell save DC. Right. I'm gonna say. Right. Right. Easy come, easy go. As you come, now you go. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, is that so? That's a wisdom save on his part. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a wisdom save. That is a fifteen on him. Dang it, that saves. I'm a thirteen, so I think he takes half damage. You read it. 
Yeah, he takes half. So ten, so he takes five damage. Alright. Great. Uh, I was trying to make him run, but... The tornado doesn't shift around Exioc's body, but you see the eyes, almost on their own, move over towards your direction. That takes us now, uh, unless you want to bonus action anything? I'm going to move slightly away from him. All right. Coward. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, no bonus action for anything? I think he's hinting at you to inspire someone. I, I'm saving it for... I got, I got something. I got something okay. that's going to happen. All right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I can't, I I can't I do it when you're grappled, though, unfortunately. That's fine. Okay, Marcus. It's your your turn. Uh, so I'm going to bonus action. Pull out my magic whip. Which are... And I'm going to swing at this thing. It is a dirty 20 to hit. Wow. Ooh, nice. I rolled a 12, so I was like, what? Yeah, that hits. Three points of psychic damage. All right. And nine points of magical whatever whip damage is. And I'm standing at max whip range, so I'm 10 feet away from him. You got it. Yep. Nine points of slashing or whip damage? Yeah, whatever whip is. Forget. Okay. You see the whip extend out from your arm out to the side as you whip it towards him. The whip wraps around the central tendrils of whatever this thing is and briefly just comes to a point as little sparks of blue energy drift off of its body and you hear around you the wind is howling, but through it you hear a. As it screams out in pain, it's the first real Ooh. sign of damage that you've got. You guys have done to this guy. So movement at all? Uh, well, no. I just moved to stay ten feet away. Exactly. That's your turn. I think I would try and uh, uh, take a stab at the at the sand surrounding me. Is it like part of him or not really? You're being encased uh, by the tornado but it's also starting to materialize into larger chunks and you feel like your body start to get surrounded by a case of sand. Okay, well, I'm going to slash at the case of sand kind of uh, and at the at the the monster in general with my daggers. All right, uh, it might be at disadvantage. Let me double check. Okay. Yeah, your attacks have disadvantage. Oh, dang. Uh, so that's a 17 for the first one. That does hit. Uh, and Melstone is right there. Yeah. So that means you get a sneak attack. 13 damage. Ooh, nice. You are still being held aloft, but you just swing wildly and manage to hit one of the solid points as little blue sparks go flying off of you. Nice. And I'm going to swing again. Okay, go for it. Eight to hit. That does not hit. Or wait, no, it'd be 10. 10 to hit. Still doesn't hit. The dagger uh, hits open air as you swing the second time. You see Melstoni is still uh, reeling from that uh, hit that he took. And you see he's going to shake it off and look and see you right there and charge up and try to hit uh, you down. Oh, okay. So he can see what's holding you there? Yeah, you see he runs and takes a leap. And as he jumps, the sand dematerializes in front of him, and he just jumps and hits empty air and hits the ground. Uh, you see, frustrated, he turns back around and tries to hit again. Uh, this time, he just swings for the midsection and connects. Nice. 
You see it like basically passes through, but there's a tiny little bit of sparks that go off. Cool, cool. You see that Melstoney, by doing that, put himself within range of this large creature. Uh Um, So all around you and Melstoney, you see the wind stop. Oh. You are dropped to the ground as the wind becomes a little pocket of space within and you and Melstoney look at each other and share a look. I my eyes go wide. I'm scared. All around you you see the dust around you form into spikes and come directly at you. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Can I dig really fast? <laughs> dig reaction? Uh with a dirty twenty. Ooh, nice. Okay, so you take half damage on this. Ooh, boy. The spikes. Yeah, this is his uh, special ability called Sandstorm. Oh, wait. He can use a special ability Sandstorm in a Sandstorm. He has two special abilities? Uh, yes, he, he probably does. has more. Brad's trying to kill me. Yeah, Brad just likes to kill us. <laughs> All right, uh, Exioc, you take half damage, so you take 10 points of damage. Poop. Uh, you see Melstoney was not nearly as lucky. Melstoney, you duck to the ground and start digging a little bit as shards Hit my pierce legs. into your back. Oh, back. Yeah, just like all around your back, like blood starts oozing out. Melstoney didn't see what was happening. You see the fear in his eyes as sand daggers penetrate all throughout his skin. Oh, no. And he drops to the ground. L- lifeless? Uh, he is unconscious. Yeah. okay. Hirok, that is your turn. Uh, also, you are no longer considered grappled. Cool. Exioc. Uh, I'm going to use Bardic Inspiration to inspire Exioc. I'm just going to say, here. <laughs> and then I'm going to throw him the dagger. Yeah! Ayo, the dagger soars through the air. Exioc, you reach up and catch it. You see there's a green tint to the blade and you don't know where the heck this bird came from we'll talk to him later about it <laughs> nice so yeah so i come up to one knee as i catch it all right um i will consider that a free action just because i'm kind oh you're so kind oh so kind literally i've got like eight stat puncture wounds in my back and for my actual action i'm gonna cast healing word on uh Mostoni. Uh, healing word is a bonus action spell. That's true. You, yeah. Oh. Unfortunately, you can't use two bonus actions. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast another dissonant whisper then. Yes. Actually, before I do that, I don't know if this would be. I would have to do an arcana check or something like that. But is there is blue sparks? Is that like a normal elemental thing, or is there something special about this? Uh, Arcana check with disadvantage. Okay. Haha. Uh, 11, 14, but it's plus 1, so 12 total. You know that that shade of blue in particular tends to be the color of Arcana? Just anything to do with uh, the arcane realm of magic. And you know that 
elemental energy is somewhat linked to Arcana, even though they're slightly different. So you're not quite sure. Hard to tell. Okay. Yeah, and then your action, right? Yeah, I'm going to cast Dissonant Whisper again. I want to hit it with a crossbow, but I don't think melee or I don't think physical damage is doing much of anything. You're probably right. Which is why the magic the magic knife might do something. I don't know. Uh, okay, so you're going to roll the save first. Uh, that is a four. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm going to try yeah, the same in. thing, but I'm going to actually do it good. I'm going to say, you're just sand in the wind. How do you expect to win? <laughs> 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 All right, and so he has to move how many spaces away? Uh, I think just his his movement. And does he provoke attacks of opportunity when he does that? Uh, does uh, on a failed save take three d six damage, psychic damage? Must immediately use its reaction, move as far as its speed allows it. Creature doesn't move into dangerous ground such as fire or pit. It doesn't say anything about. There is a rule about compelled movement where you don't take attacks if you are forced to move. So um, that's if you're like thrown out of a range. And so I kind of consider that this as well. So I'm going to say no attacks of opportunity. Darn. Does fear work that way? Would, yeah, would he, since he's yeah. using his yeah. own movement though. That's true. Yeah, that just means that you can't move any closer to the source of the fear and you have disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while within line of sight of the creature. But he's not necessarily considered frightened. If, if it helps, the terminology is he uses his reaction. Yeah, I don't think it provokes an attack of opportunity. Darn. If only. We might come back to that, but for now, let's move on to Marcus. Wait, let me roll damage. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Dude, I almost forgot myself. Good catch, Matt. Can't let him get away with that. Two. Oh, only seven damage. Every little bit helps. You see that the eyes flare open and get a little bit more ovoid as blue sparks are starting to course through its body. And it just bolts away. Yeah, a pretty decent chunk. You see that the eyes get closer, or further away, um, I should say, as the body disappears uh, deeper into the mist. You can still see them barely as pin picks through the dust. Marcus, it is your turn. I'm going to walk up to Mel Stoney, and I will rub my hands together and slap his chest and cast Cure Wounds. Uh, and that is for max healing, which is 12. Nice. Nice. He comes back to the realm of the living. You see his wounds start to close up. Uh, he is covered in a layer of sand. And he looks up at you and says, thank you, my friend. Uh, and uh, start struggling to get up. Anything bonus action? Toby's going to go stay next to Axiak. I know we're all close, but... Thank you. The soothing sound of the purring cat. That takes us up to the top of the order. Uh, Axiak, it is your turn. You see that the creature moves away from you as you uh, are on the ground, and you see Marcus go and help up Melstoni. Okay, I'm not getting close to this thing again. Not at this point, so I just... Uh, wheel back and throw my uh, dagger returning. If he comes back, I'll stab him with the magical one. Uh, this is a 25 to hit. <laughs> yes, sir. That will hit. Uh, what's the range on that? Oh, it's only 20 feet. Is he close enough? Um, it, he is not. He's 30 okay, feet Okay, then I'm going to... Uh, then never mind. Okay. And it's also... 
um, ranged attacks are a disadvantage. Oh, against him? Yeah. <sighs> okay, well then, I'm in that case, I'm going to uh, shoot my crossbow at him. <laughs> nice. I got more range. Okay, and that's an uh, 17 to hit. 17 still does hit. Yay. Go ahead and roll damage. That's uh, 8 damage. Awesome. And this is not magical at all, right? Uh, no, it's just a uh, metal-tipped wooden arrow, unfortunately. Or bonus action, anything? I will creep further around the arc, kind of towards him, but but away from the teammates as well to make to extend the half circle. Okay, you got it. Melstone is up next. Uh, he uses half of his movement to get up, and he looks to you, Marcus, and says, I do not know if we can win this fight. Uh-oh. There's no way we can outrun the wind. We might have to try. Uh, I'm going to make for the Kamelis and see if we can get going. It's not worth it. You won't make it. I, if this is the end, it was, it was good to know you. But it's not. <laughs> okay. He's just like shouting over the wind. <laughs> <laughs> you get the cow mills. I'll distract. Yeah, Melstoni goes and starts leading the cow mills off. It is the dust elementals' turn. You see the eyes disappear from sight completely. Dang. The wind seems to return to normal where it's still blowing but ever so gently ever so gently the sand buffets my wounds <laughs> oh man someone needs to make a t-shirt of that <laughs> exioc you're looking around for any sign of where it might be yes i am marcus right below your feet the sand gives way <gasps> as it burrows up and uh, attempts to unleash its fury upon you. Shield. Shield. <laughs> okay, first attack, uh, 13 to hit. Nice. Second attack, 23 to hit. Barely hits. Yep. I have shield, so my AC is 22. Holy. Yeah. You still got <laughs> Okay, and I need you to make a strength save as well. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, that is a 15. Marcus, you feel yourself being lifted up off the ground, and you are considered grappled and restrained by this. You take 18 points of damage from the slam, and you take oh, only no. 7 points from the being lifted up, and you are now considered grappled and restrained as he has you in his clutches. Good. That takes us to Hirax's turn. How close I am? Am I to them? I think you and Marcus were within 10 feet of each other. Um, so you're right outside of the creature's uh, occupying space. Okay, I'm I'm going to I'm going to hit it with my rapier. I haven't used that before. <laughs> All right. 11 plus 5. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Yep. 16. Yep. Dang it. Uh 16 does hit. So oh, it does. Hits. Nice. 8 damage. Eight damage, got it. You see that it does not do nearly as much as you were hoping it would. And you see this thing, actually the sparks start shooting off and it looks like it's starting to dematerialize. Marcus, it is your turn. Uh, attacks are at disadvantage when restrained, correct? Uh, yes, they are. Well, it was, the lowest roll was a 14 plus 8, so 20 some to hit. Uh, 20 does hit. Go and roll damage. Uh, it is... Three psychic and another nine, whatever. Okay, so 12 points. 12 magical points. 
you see this thing is sparking like crazy as the wind swirls up and around you. You, Your feet get about an inch off the ground. And the wind starts pelting all of you guys from all directions. Visibility is basically none at this point. All you can see are the yellow piercing eyes and the faint outlines of your friends. Bonus action, Toby. Oh, Toby, of course. (laughs) How could I forget about Toby? That is a 19 to hit. That does hit. And it is 7 force damage. Okay. It looks very, 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 very hurt. We are back up at the top of the round. As Toby Catpaw jumps into it, you see that he gives off a little burst of uh, energy as uh, the sand starts flying out in all directions. You see it slowly trying to reform itself to maintain its form, but it looks like it is struggling hard. You see the sand start to regain its form slowly and slowly. And as it is doing so, there is a green light that starts to appear. And where? From within it. Okay. You see the green light starts as a little pinprick beneath the blue arcane dots of the beneath the yellow eyes and the green light expands and expands until suddenly the winds become normal the eyes disappear everything is back to normal and we're just left there breathing yeah you see off in the distance coming towards you the dust is still moving about for it was like a hurricane now it's more like a gentle breeze of dust you still have your masks covered. Um, the sands seem to shift off in the distance as a little pocket starts coming towards you of air. You see the air is shifting in a way that kind of forms a bubble around whatever is happening here. As it gets closer and closer, the sand around your eyes all starts to disappear as there is a dome of si- open air above you and for the first time you can uh take a deep breath of good purified air and standing there moving his arms about is a little gnome you see a squat figure roughly three feet tall that has a cowl over his head uh and wrappings around his face you see peeking below it a long gray beard that goes all the way to his midsection his eyes are crinkled on the sides with crow feeds from old age. And you see he pulls down his mask and gives you a big three-toothed smile. (laughs) And he says, Well, I'll be if it ain't a few wandering travelers that got stuck in one of the dust dorms. Oh, man, I haven't had visitors in so long. Oh, this is just heavens to Betsy. I can't believe my luck here today. Oh, you almost got hit by one of the babies. Oh, that's that's terrible. I work up my my uh, uh, beard on under my mask before I pull my mask down. <laughs> <laughs> and I start walking towards him with a limp. My my uh, my back feels like there's just flames, like someone poured gasoline on my back and just lit it on fire. That's how bad it hurts. But I, I walk uh, slowly but surely towards him. I'm like, the name's Lloyd. Who you be? Oh, they call me Nicky Bub. Well, Nicky Bum, I Nicky like what you Mub. did there. Oh, Nicky Mub. 
Nicky Mub. Nicky Mub. Well, well, Nicky Mub. You see he's still moving his hands uh, while all of this is going down. And he says, oh, your friend over there looks like he's in a bit bit of a rough spot. <clears throat> well, I'll be, I think, uh, I, I think I can do a little something about that. He goes over to you, Marcus, and no consent whatsoever, just grabs your thigh. <laughs> with both hands and you feel a uh, healing energy pouring into you you get uh, 10 hit points back now what on tar nation's good green and dust filled earth are you all doing out in this sandstorm well trying to boy, get out funny enough <laughs> we're trying to make our way north north well that's where I live why don't you come by my place I'll treat you to some nice supper you know, I think that might be a good idea. And maybe you could uh, uh, find some bandages for my back. Oh, for sure. I will treat you up real nice and tight. Now, if you follow me. Oh, and also, I don't require any payment from saving you from that terrible baby elemental out there. Uh, much obliged. Now, uh, if you just follow me. Uh, and he starts walking off the direction he came from, uh, waving his hands around the dust dome air pocket starts to dissipate as it moves with him. Is this real? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth as I, and I start walking after him. Okay, but like the Trojan horse was also a gift horse. Like I uh, also I'm not saying this so I can hear it. This is kind of why I just realized. Um, how do if it's if there's like an illusion on us, how do we know or how do we get out of it? I'm I'm just suspicious. You pro- we probably wouldn't know, or wouldn't be able to know. So it would be an insight check. Okay, I am just suspicious of this. Okay, I'm gonna roll an insight check. See what I can. It's just a gnome. I rolled a two. <laughs> That's a small person. Yep, hard to tell anything otherwise. Okay. That's a small person. Uh, I keep up best I can. Uh, Melstoni starts leading the Calmels as well. You guys head off in a different direction than what you think your initial trajectory was. I'd like to use my navigator's tools okay. to check that. Sure. Uh, is that an intelligence check just to use it, or do you just get to use it? Well, it is just a compass. It's a compass, so I'm pretty sure it's an intelligence check. Well, if it's just a compass, then as you look at the compass, dial is spinning every direction. Darn. You bully. Yeah, creating a, a a magnetic field that just fluctuates amidst the shifting sands. How dare you? I don't know how ele- elemental energy works. I think we gave him <laughs> that idea last episode. No, I just I just uh, foresaw it coming. Yeah, you guys are too smart. You read the script. Too too smart. The tiny gnome leads you guys through the sand. You take your deep breaths for the first time in a day. Night has fallen upon you as the peaceful little um, dome of air that you are walking in is pretty dark. And you have to hold on to the rope in order to really know which way you're going. You see that Nicky Mub takes out uh, a little um, wooden staff and lights at the top as uh, provides a little bit of light in this uh, darkness and leads you guys onwards you guys walk for about two hours holy cow 
it just seems like you're wandering aimlessly. You have no idea where you're going. And each step is pain for everyone that took damage. Um, My back is on fire. Yeah, it hurts bad. As you guys are walking, you hear him just kind of babbling to himself and singing a tune every now and then. And just keeps kind of talking in circles about the same talking points. Oh, man, I can't believe you guys were stuck out there, and I can't believe I found you in time. There must be somebody looking down on us to provide good fortune in these hard times. Oh, man, I haven't had visitors in so long. What are we even going to have for dinner? I only have the one thing, of course. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure we can find something else. Uh, Do you like sandwiches? I prefer sandwiches myself. They're not much uh, bread and stuff inside, more just sand. I shoot. I I look at Marcus with a, a look at just like this guy's an absolute idiot. You're like, gotta be kidding me. Nonverbal communication. And he doesn't even wait for you guys to respond as he's doing this. He just keeps right. talking, moving his hands out and walking in uh, a straight line. Eventually, he says, "All right, beyond this barrier is my special abode. Welcome to paradise." As he walks forward a little bit more, the dust dome opens up into an enormous open area you look up and you see the sand storm swirling all around you you are inside a mile wide column of open air in the center of the great arrogat desert oh cool i like this i feel like we're on jupiter I get like very the the red eye or whatever they call it. Just means that we are in the center of the desert. Does not mean we are in the north side of the desert. Looking up, you see stars all the way to the very uh, sky. Um, and looking around, you see that it's just the same sand that was what you've been walking on this whole time, anyways. But uh, little bits of rock dotted here and there. But all the rock that you see here is white. And as you wander uh, around and get your bearings, you see the gnome is making a beeline for a little ramshackle hut that's built out of this white stone. Um, You see little smoke coming out of the chimney above it that um, looks very run down and very homemade. But he seems to be super happy about it, skips his feet a little bit as he's walking towards it, uh, uses his staff as a walking cane. And the door is about three feet tall. And so he kind of ducks as he goes inside and turns around and says, it's much bigger on the inside. You just got to make your way in. I don't go in. I follow in right behind him. Yeah, I go in too. I pull out my uh, canteen and take a drink of water. And then I, I, uh, is there any furniture? I'm just going to like lay down immediately on like a couch or something. Yeah, immediately there are stairs that lead down below um, into a nice big open spacious area. There's a hearth um, over in one corner, a table set up with a bunch of weird concoctions and remedies, and it looks like there's a slab that has different scraps of food that are just for putting together in a pinch. Mm -hmm. And he says, all right, all right, make yourself at home. I do declare that anybody that is in the house of Nukibob is a guest <clears throat> and I shall treat them kindly. Ain't that right, Petunia? Uh, and he looks over and there's like a wilted flower that <laughs> he's like pointing at. Is it a Petunia? It is a Petunia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Stoney doesn't go in either. He looks at Marcus and says, uh, perhaps it is best to wait outside. I 
say nothing and uh, open up a book. You see Milstoney goes and starts uh, feeding and watering the cow mills, um, who look to be pretty stricken from the sandstorm. Luckily didn't take any damage, but um, definitely looked to be weary as uh, he starts preparing for the camp. Inside, you see that Nikki Mub is getting everything ready for you guys. Uh, he grabs two pieces of really flat bread and wipes a little bit of paste on the inside and hands it off or one off to each one of you and says, all right, this here is one of my special creations. Uh, you might want to eat in small chunks uh, a little bit too much at the time. It give you indigestion. <laughs> I smell it. Uh, doesn't really have a smell. Okay. Uh, I don't quite eat it yet. I just lay down. I'm ritual casting detect magic code side. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it takes 10 minutes, so we'll come back to that. Just letting you know that I started it. Okay. Um, I say, Nikki Bob, that's so kind of you. You're such a, this looks delicious. And your, your botany skills, man, look at that flower. Wow. So I've been told that I have a green thumb by uh, yeah, uh, sure myself. <laughs> well, no one else knows you better. Is that right? Say, how long you've been out here? Oh, I've been out here uh, a few years. Um, time kind of goes by when you're, you know, a little isolated. I honestly couldn't really tell you how long it's been. Upwards of 50 years for sure. That's a long time. What brought you out oh. here originally? Oh, well, a curious one, aren't you? You see, uh, I am what you might call a land speaker or a uh earth lover a tree hugger if you will uh though there aren't too many trees around these parts uh i am uh i believe you would might know me as a druid i uh belong to a coalition of uh other hermits that live out in other parts of the world i tend to specialize in the sand and the dust uh, makes me feel a little bit at home. It feels like a blanket that's always wrapping around you, if you know what I mean. Now, uh, I was sent here a long, long time ago in order to investigate what's been going on here with this sandstorm. I have been here for ages, let me tell you, ages. 50 years, that is a long, long time to be out by yourself. I have not hated any second of it. It's all felt so precious to me, even though I have made... Hardly any progress in that time. Now, that is only because I'm but one person. You see, uh, actually, why don't I start from the very beginning? Uh, you're going to be here for the night, all right? And you got nowhere else to go, so you are my captive audience. Ain't that right, Petunia? I look at the flower. Uh, the flower is not moving. I go back. I bury my face in, in whatever I'm laying on. All right, you see he goes over and stokes the fire, throws uh, some cactus in there, and starts humming to himself. Is this a rest? Is this a short or long rest? This is going to turn into a long rest eventually. Okay, cool. Uh, if we're already on a short rest, temporarily, I want to I wanna heal. I want to use my song of rest to heal uh, Exioc just a little bit. I know he's going to get full health, but... Sure. A little soothing in my back. That'd be nice. Yeah. I'm at 2 HP, by the way. Oof, wow. Oof. Rough. <laughs> That's why I've been hurting so bad. 
It's almost like we fought a challenge rating 8 or something like that. Is that what it was? No, it's a challenge rating 13. Oh, God. I nerfed it for you guys. Nice. Thank you. Hence being the baby. So. Yeah, that's why I figured because there's another one out there. Nicky Mub starts stoking the fire. Hirok starts playing his lyre and he says, Ooh, that is some nice mood music. Oh, I feel a story coming on. I feel a story coming on. I do declare. Hey, why don't we get your friends in here? It's got to be awful cold out there. Uh, I think they'd like it out there. They like, they like being alone. All right. Well, each to his own, I suppose. Uh, he goes over and grabs one of the sandwiches that he made and just wolfs the whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> no. Where should I? Where should I look? Oh, probably from the very beginning. All right. Before we launch into that, uh, outside you finish ritual casting detect magic. There seems to be a general conjuration all around you. Just uh, a weird mix of conjuration and evocation, just as an aura that is uh, around you and kind of shifting at all times. Uh, but you do get a couple of specific pings from inside the. Uh, house itself. All conjuration still? Uh, no. Uh, one of them is evocation and one of them is enchantment. Interesting. Now we don't know that though. Only only Jeffrey does. No idea. Yeah, I'm 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 in between consciousness and unconsciousness on the couch. Mm-hmm. The liar starts plucking along as he sits down in a chair, nestles in with a cup of warm cactus juice, and he starts off in a drawl. There are a few who remember the old stories. Long ago, before the sands took over, there was a there was an empire, you see. The world was full of magic and mystery. Wizards and sorcerers and the lot clamored for power and created mighty cities and temples. These pre- people worshipped the great Atarema, as they called it. Uh, the name has been passed down through generations, he was the prime maker of all of this world, though everyone's forgotten about him, unfortunately, since that time. He was the source of their power and gave them the knowledge that they sought. There were great temples and monuments that were erected in hopes of earning more favor with he who lives across the sky. It's said that entire cities floated in the air just for the mere purpose of being closer to Atarema. The very breath of the world was Arcana at that time. Well... That time, of course, ended. I'm sure you can guess the end of that story. Somebody got greedy, factions were formed, the world descended into chaos and anarchy, and they blew themselves up and created elemental rifts everywhere. Nothing is left of there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, who wants another sandwich, by the way? <laughs> uh, I take the first bite of mine. I watch okay. closely. <laughs> Atarena, huh? Atarema, I think they called it. The text is long forgotten. It's a language called celestial. But... Stories have been passed down through my circle, you might say, that uh, tell the tales of the old. Uh, the hermits who went into hiding are the only ones that really remember those stories. Now, you got you got one to share with a weary old man? Well, all I can really tell you is they were very powerful, and with the power comes the greed, and people uh, make the same mistakes over and over again if they fail to learn from the people that made it before them. That makes me angry. Well, why does it make you angry? No, like like that I don't say that. There's a visual ang- anger change in my fi- that in my face 
Well, then he would say, well, why does that make you angry? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean people just make the same mistakes over and over again? Tell me. What happens to a criminal if they get caught? If they get caught? Well, what's their crime? Murder. Okay, well, it depends on if they're in the coalition or if they're out on the outskirts. What should happen to them? They should pay for their crimes. Fair enough. Now, let's say you murder someone, you get penalized, and you have a friend goes out and does the same exact thing, gets the same punishment. Would you consider that a wise decision by your friend? Uh, it depends what the guy did to him. I see. Well. My brow furrows further. Perhaps you just need a little bit more living to do. When you've been around as long as I have, you kind of tend to learn from the wisdom of those who have come before you. Uh, what do you know? <laughs> you got told. <laughs> Hey, I may know nothing. After all, I am just a crazy old hermit who lives in the center of a giant dust storm. It's a lot of talk for a man who lives in a dust storm. Ah, you can't tell me what I am. I roll over. Uh, Don't mind him. He's just, he's a little, he's a little cranky right now. Anyway, is it what you were saying? Right. So the reason I'm out here is to try and repair the elemental damage that was done so long ago by that age of Arcanum. Now, I'm pretty certain that there are ruins of various temples that are scattered around this desert. This used to be an ocean, you know. There used to be a great vast sea that sat right here on top of these sands that has long since disappeared. And the relics and temples that were created uh, fall into ruin. But if you're lucky, you might be able to find one every now and then. Now, in my wanderings through the great desert, I have stumbled across a tower. It seems to be the center focal point of the elemental chaos that flows around us. And it seems that the anger that is directed towards these trapped beings that are here in this desert seems to be stemming from that point. Now, every time I get close, I get a little blasted by uh, the larger elemental forces uh, the one that you were fighting before was uh, but a mere child in comparison to the larger ones. Well, they don't. Re I've studied the reproduction habits of elementals. and uh, Can I do a nature check for elementals? You're not there. I'm literally on the outside of the thing. I can hear. <laughs> Give me a perception check. <laughs> 14, 15. Fine. You don't get to just be outside of the room and still get to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fight me, Brad. You don't get to monologue for 10 years. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you not want a lore dump? My nature check is a 26. <laughs> Are you wanting to know about the reproductive habits of elementals? <laughs> no, I know about the reproductive. It's, I studied their language. I know primordial, man. Fair enough. You know all about that. Exactly. He starts saying, you see, when a mama elemental and a daddy elemental. Oh, my God. <laughs> Does that mean Jeffrey's going to come in and just tell him off? Like, you know, that is very wrong. Like, that is completely not the way it happens. Exactly. I speak primordial to just shut him up. And then I speak celestial, too. The language that's been forgot. So are you coming in the room, then? Yeah. 
Nice. I'm tired of hearing this man interrupting my meditations and studies. I roll over to see him coming down the last couple steps and then roll back. Yeah, you see he has to crawl through the door in order to get in. <laughs> and then you can make your way down the stairs and they kind of creak under your weight. They weren't really meant for you. But you make your way down and uh, sit next to the fire and he says, huh. well, <laughs> this is a strange conundrum we have found ourselves in. Um, you might just need to do a little more living. Uh while he's distracted, and while, he's, <laughs> while while them two are are arguing, I'm gonna cast message. I'm gonna whisper to Exioc. I'm gonna say, "Don't react. We're gonna talk about this later, but don't show anyone that knife, okay?" Uh, he can see you cast message. Like it, you take out the wire and visibly cast it. Yeah, you take out a silver wire. I thought you point your you... finger. No, it's a wire. Do you? Are you gonna do it anyway? I'm not going to do it if there's a wire. I thought you just oh, point and whisper. Or did, or actually, Brad, what, like, did I already cast it? What do you think? You didn't really understand it. I'll let you take it back if you want. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not going to do that then. Um, Darn. I'm going to say, well, while that would be exciting, I don't want to get on this guy's <laughs> bad side. Right, I hear you. I'm going to say, uh, uh, Mub, we've been through a lot. Just excuse our rudeness. You said these temples. Are those dangerous? How many are there? I know they're dangerous. I've only found the one, uh, so to speak, and it's just the, the tower, tower in the bowl? that is all that's left. It is here in the bowl. It is in the dust storm. I marked out the coordinates if we wanted to head out there, and he shows you like a circle with like an X on it, just like carved into wood. Cool. And he says, these are very precise, and I'm the only one that can probably take you there. Now, my job so far has been trying to figure out how to settle these elemental energies from disrupting so much. In fact, we, my, uh, my cousin, uh, he has a similar problem. He's been trying to study one of the mountains over uh, in the center of the, the big dragon spine, you know, the Unkspire. Uh, there's, a, there's a storm going on up there that's been going on as long as anybody can remember. Same issue, uh, but uh, I was sent to try to figure out this one. So as uh, things tend to be i have not yet been able to settle said forces uh every time i get close the uh elemental creatures uh get a little upset with me and uh we have to part ways uh sometimes there's pain involved on my end but you know that's just the way it is and well yeah that that that's my story so far uh i, I suppose uh better let you all get a rest uh I've been yapping for uh, a little bit too long, I think. I know when uh, I've been talking too much. Uh, I, I really don't know. I just have to guess. Now, uh, why don't you guys uh, t t take a rest? I'm going to say at the, at by this point, I would fall asleep. I couldn't keep my eyes open any longer. The exhaustion and the pain just knocked me out. So if someone were to wake me for a shift to keep watch, I would wake, but I'm out at this point. Right. Uh, Marcus, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy for an hour and uh, like the others go to sleep, but I just want to keep a, an eye. All right. He is gently rocking back and forth next to the hearth, just kind of humming to himself, plucking on his beard, kind of straightening out a little bit and seems to have nodded himself off to sleep. Sleep takes all of you. Uh, you all get a full night's rest and wake up in the morning at level five. Hey! Nice. <clears throat> As oh baby, wow, Gosh. that was fast. 
Was it? That was Faz? (laughs) As Nicky Mub uh, is getting stuff ready, you see he's tidied up the place a little bit, and he's his general uh, cheery self. As you are scanning around the room, Marcus, your eye catches a book that looks very, very old, but it's got a little bit of Celestial written on it. Oh, I immediately go to it. You pick up the book and start flipping through it. Nikki Bub sees you doing that and says, oh, well, uh, hold on there, friend. That ain't for uh, wandering eyes. Uh, If you just hand that over here real quick. Do you speak Celestial? I I know a little bit. I'm uh, just start talking in Celestial, dude. Yeah, I, I just start talking in Celestial to him. Oh, and I read the cover of the book, which says it says the greatest empire ever known in Celestial. Can we get an example of Celestial? Heard a heard a heard shirt. Sounds a lot <laughs> like Celestial Swedish. Celestial sounds like Swedish. <laughs> That's so funny. Technically, Celestial is supposed to be like a high elvish, like Hamunulara. Like that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it should be canon that Celestial is uh, Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Heard a fur to shirt again. Herby, flirt to derby. It's a cheeky. It's a cheeky. We just lost every one of our subscribers. Yeah, rip us. <laughs> he takes the book and says, well, now... Uh, once we become a little bit more acquainted and I feel like I can trust you, perhaps you can have this back. That's fair. Now, we come to a bit of a standstill. Uh, the way out of this desert, you will most certainly run into one of the bigger uh, elementals if you're not careful. And they will probably destroy all of you. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't take another one of those. I can lead you out of the desert nice and safe like, but... Oh, here we go. I'm going to need your help to do what I've been trying to do for so long. If I weren't so desperate, I wouldn't be asking you, but times call for desperate measures, and here I am asking you for your help. I need, I think I need to talk it over with my comrades. Yeah. Um, I I just head to the stairs and to leave. Sounds good. As you guys go off and start talking, considering this proposition that the crazy rock gnome has presented you, we are going to end the episode right there. Oh, all right. So we'll pick up next time with you guys having that conversation, discussing exactly how you want to be moving about this. Uh, and you will be leveled up by the next time we come back too. So nice. uh, think about that conversation over the next week. It's going to be really interesting to see how all this goes. Uh, we're going to be breaking down the episode and answering some fan questions over on our Patreon. And speaking of our Patreon, it's my favorite part of the episode. We get to thank our wonderful denizens of Yetzira. Woohoo! Thank you. The people who make this show possible. And, you know, there have been some events happening in Yetzira and Destune that have kind of altered the course of what's going to be going on. You know, our denizens uh, have faced the wrath of the passing hand as of recent. So let's go ahead and see what has happened to all of them. Starting off with Meg the Manic Pixie, who witnessed the passing hand going door to door, demanding answers about the people who broke into their secret hideout to sell them out. Meg didn't know how. But somehow, this was clearly her fault. She packed up her things and decided to get out of town with what little supplies she had. Luckily, there were other people leaving as well, so she got to catch a ride on someone's very tall hat. Aw, nice. <laughs> well, Keith, the captain of the Destune Fire Brigade, really has his finger to the pulse these days in society. 
when he saw a group of people screaming for their lives and run out of town, he knew that something wasn't quite right. Keith grabbed his trusty bucket and followed the crowd out of town. <laughs> He's got and, the bucket. And Joe the scrawny Goliath was in the middle of reps when the door was battered down by some dudes in a black cloaks. They demanded to know the whereabouts of some bird. Some bird, I don't know. Joe didn't know what they were talking about and offered to give them part of his workout. They did exactly seven squats together before the cultists got bored and left. Joe decided to leave town then. Derek, the hooded lifeguard of the Oasis, had to abandon his post to fight for his own town. Derek did the unspeakable, and he took off his hood, revealing that he was in fact a lizard folk this whole time. He wanted people to judge him based on his character and not his race, but now he wanted the cultists to fear him. He valiantly <laughs> saved at least three lives as the people fled out of the town, yet in the scuffle, Derek lost his left eye. Derek is now the one-eyed lifeguard lizard folk of nowhere. Wow, jeez. What a character transformation. Oh my god. <laughs> what an arc. Sophie, the, the official Destune tour guide, learned all of the secrets of the Oasis just in time for the city to turn to chaos. As the passing hand terrorized the town, she deftly dismantled them as they found her in dark alleyways. Sophie had spent years training as a monk in the way of the backwards walker, and her training paid off. She saved at least two women and children as they made an exodus from Destune that night to explore the wastelands. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Casey, the wandering gypsy of Trashboro, has got just gotten to Destune when it was terrorized overnight by a group of wannabe cultists. Casey is getting too old for this stuff and decided it was time to leave town already. He bought a very large sun hat, packed up his sundials, and followed the cabbage cart, headed for the mountains. <laughs> And Tyra, the half-elf sorceress from elsewhere, was reading her futuristic globules and mystical destiny and inevitable fate of doom, also known as her, here we go, Fagam Defad, and saw that hey, there was about to be some it. serious civil unrest with the town that night. Being smart, she packed up her things and let her glowing Fagam <laughs> let her out of town before anything bad happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every week, Matt. Every week. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Wow, there were there were a lot of transformations there. I know a lot of character arts going on. The denizens are now going to be out wandering the desert, headed north to the mountains. We'll be checking in with them week to week and seeing how they're doing as a unique tribe. Now moving through the wasteland, Israel style, every week. Epic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So thanks once again. We're at the end of the episode. Tommy, what are our social medias? Well, we're on Facebook. There you can go and like us, show your support. We're also on Instagram where you can uh, look at pictures. We'll post regularly, maybe some memes. The memes will be from our Reddit, so you, which is r slash fire and dice. You can find it there. And uh, what else is there? Oh, yes, the Twitter, the fire and dice pod. You can find us on Twitter. You should tweet us questions because we would love to answer them in our afterburners over on our Patreon. Beautiful. And our sponsors, Jeffrey. Sponsors. Sponsors. FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> Definitely not sponsored. Wait, we do? Nope, not at all. Oh. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on Fire and Dice. Peace out. Peace.